Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, baptized and tempted for us, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Most of you who are of my generation or older, and perhaps some who are of younger age, have probably at one time or another seen the famous Who's on First routine from Abbott and Costello. Their sense of comic timing, the pauses and the interruptions and the quick responses, have made that one of the funniest routines in American entertainment. If you've never seen it, I urge you to make note of it and track it down one time. You'll probably get quite a chuckle out of it, even if you're not a baseball fan. Timing is important. The right timing affects the outcome of an event. Timing dictates the order in which things happen, and it also sets the pace. In Mark's Gospel, just as it's getting underway here in chapter 1, we hear that Jesus begins his ministry at the right time. Jesus did not find himself arbitrarily in the role of Savior. He arrived at God's perfect time. As I no doubt know you've heard it said, timing is everything. We see that this is especially true in Jesus' life and ministry. At the right time, he came to the right place and to accomplish the right task. Indeed, the stage was set. According to the Father's perfect will, the time was right according to the world's history. And so God sent his Son. Throughout the Savior's life, we see that he was sent to the right places, too. From his birth, in Bethlehem, as was prophesied, to his ministry in Galilee and Samaria and Judea, to his crucifixion and his resurrection in Jerusalem, and finally at his post-resurrection appearances and then at his glorious ascension, Jesus was always in the right place. St. Mark tells us here that Jesus deliberately sought out John the Baptist and he entered with him into the Jordan River. At the right time, Christ was baptized. And as Jesus walks out from the river, He entered into the work that He was sent and ordained to accomplish, the redemption of all humanity from our sins. Timing is indeed everything. It's true of us as well, you know. Unfortunately, our timing usually brings about everything that is bad for us. We have a horrible sense of timing. We sinful beings have a knack to find ourselves in the wrong place and at the wrong time. If it doesn't happen to us by chance, well, we we certainly can find a way to create bad timing and bad situations, don't we? We even enter this world in a bad place. We are born in sin. From the moment we are conceived, the Bible tells us, It is in sin. The time that we spend in this life is filled with sin as well. And we commit terrible sins, don't we? We find ourselves in the wrong place continually. 
Yes, we find ourselves in the wilderness every day. No matter how populated or built up our neighborhoods might be or our workplaces might be. Our sinful acts lead us into the barren wastelands. Wastelands of depression and guilt. Of sorrow and anger and pain. And we suffer by them moment by moment, day after day. In that wilderness, we find ourselves alone and hopeless. We find ourselves harassed and helpless. And temptations to fall into sin are great. The temptation is there for us to take counsel of the devil, the father of lies, rather than from Jesus, who speaks only the truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Consider for a moment the consequences of taking advice from the father of lies rather than the wellspring of truth. Each of us has to admit that there is temptation to conform to this world. There is temptation to listen to the devil as he urges us to grab glory and success for ourselves in this life and to hang on to it with a tight grip. Our own hearts continually deceive us too and it insists that we give in to our selfish needs for gratification. And we're always convinced that we're headed somehow toward a safe and pleasant oasis. We see fleshly desires lounging enticingly under the shade tree of promiscuity and perversion. We have an unquenchable fascination to sip the sweet waters of instant satisfaction. We demand constant, cheap, and easy entertainment. We must line our pockets with expendable cash. And we spend untold hours in immeasurable efforts on catering to our every whim and fancy. But soon our imagined paradise becomes a wasteland. Our oasis turns into a desert. Instead of finding cool comfort in the shade of our pleasures and our perversions, we find the heat of guilt and shame bear down on us unceasingly. The sweet water of materialism sours into a cesspool as we realize we cannot quench our own greedy thirst for more. We never have enough to be satisfied. We often find ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. And yet we hear of Jesus. At once the Spirit sent Him out into the desert. And He was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended Him. You see, Jesus went into the desert for you. We're familiar with those temptations that Christ endured, at least the ones that are listed for us. Mark doesn't record them in detail as do Matthew and Luke in their Gospel accounts, but we've learned them nevertheless. The devil challenged Jesus. It was God's intention that Jesus prove Himself to be stronger than those temptations so that He might remain the perfect Lamb of God, the suitable sacrifice provided at the suitable time. But Satan wanted Jesus to fail, to succumb to the temptation so that there would be no Redeemer and therefore no redemption. And so the challenges come. Change stones into bread, Jesus! Temptation to use power for the wrong purposes. Jump from the temple, Jesus. 
the temptation to elevate one's own sense of importance by testing God. Bow down to Satan, Jesus. The temptation to idolatry, to make anything and everything but the Creator supreme in one's life. Yes, Christ was tempted in those three ways and in every way that we are. And yet He remained without sin. Satan's purpose, just like the world's purpose and our own evil nature's purpose, is to lead us away from God, to trust in ourselves or in anything else except God. Satan wanted Jesus to sin so that he would turn away from his heavenly Father, so that he would turn away from the work of redemption and to turn inwardly and focus on his own needs and his own desires. And if the devil could have gotten Christ to fail, then he surely would have had us all. Make no mistake, though, these words are written for our comfort and to increase our confidence in Jesus. It was necessary for Jesus to be cast out into that wilderness. He had to encounter Satan and face him head on, the one who was responsible for bringing sin upon the entire human race. Jesus entered that wilderness of temptation for us so that he could grapple with Satan in our place. He endured every one of our temptations so that he could overcome our weaknesses and he would prove to be the faithful one in place of all our continual unfaithlessness. Timing is everything. Jesus proves that He is our Savior by allowing Himself to be in the right place at the right time. He faced Satan there on our behalf. Jesus endured every temptation in this life, but you know it wasn't easy. As we pray in one of the beautiful litanies of the church, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial. You see, as a fully human being, Jesus suffered hunger and thirst. He saw and He appreciated worldly wealth and power. As fully human, He underwent the pressures of temptation and felt them deeply but He willingly faced it all for you and for me at exactly the right time and in all the right places. Jesus also came for exactly the right task. The task that we needed for Him to complete in our place where we could not. It's been said that Jesus beat the devil with a big, ugly stick. His life and His work found their climax, their culmination on the cross that rough and rugged and despicable instrument of torture was the big ugly stick that Jesus used on the devil. But it was all done in accordance with God's Word. Jesus overcame the devil's temptations and his powers the same way that we must, by the Word of God. The Word. You know, the Word is what Jesus, the Son of God, used to ward off Satan's attacks. And God's Word works. It has the power to perform and to accomplish things that our own idle musings or our own clever and witty statements cannot. And Jesus demonstrates a complete reliance and trust in the Word. He not only used it in the midst of temptation, but then He went out and He preached it. Our lesson says, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, He said, 
The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Talk about perfect timing. The time has come, Jesus said. He was referring to that time of healing and redemption, of refreshment and salvation that the Word of God had promised from long before through His prophets. Jesus heralded the very Word that He came to fulfill. His message of repentance led people back to the Scriptures in order to see that He came to accomplish everything that God had promised. In reading and listening to those Scriptures with an open heart and an open mind, we see that Jesus is indeed the One who came to obtain redemption for all people. This is in line with the words of the prophet Jeremiah. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. Christ Jesus came at the right time to accomplish the right task. He came to offer the forgiveness of sins and to secure our salvation for eternity. Jesus did not come as some sort of social or political leader, a revolutionary to encourage the overthrow of earthly oppression. He came as God of God, as the Holy One sent from the Holy One, the Son who would turn sinful hearts back to the Heavenly Father. The only way to forgiveness and salvation, Christ points out, is to repent and believe the good news. Our young people can tell you and inform you that the Greek word for repentance is metanoia. Literally, that means a turning of the mind. Repentance means to have a change of mind and a change of heart as far as sin is concerned. To turn from sin and to trust in the only One who can save us. And our hearts can only find this turning point in the good news of forgiveness in Christ alone. Jesus is all that we need for our soul's protection. He lived perfectly in our place. He died innocently in our place. And He proclaims His Word of reassurance to us. Who else but Christians are given such reassurance and such protection? Even the most powerful man on earth, the President of the United States, doesn't have such assurance and comfort as do we. The President has the entire Secret Service at his disposal. And their mission is to keep the President safe at all costs, even if it means taking a bullet for him. Unfortunately, all it takes is one bullet. And there have been enough presidential assassinations and attempts to prove that even our best, even our most willing and selfless efforts to offer protection fail miserably. All it takes is one person in the wrong place at the wrong time. That is why God has given us His Word for all places, for all times. Far better than a legion of secret service officers are the sure promises of God. More faithful in the power of all of our military capabilities is the faultless word of truth. Jesus came to take a bullet for us, so to speak. He was willing to endure temptation on our behalf to be the perfectly obedient child of God in our stead. He was willing to suffer for us in this life. He was willing to give His very life for us 
so that we might have a new life of joy in the here and now and the hope of a perfect life for eternity. God's Word shows without a doubt that Jesus came at the right time according to the Father's decrees. He went to the right places and He accomplished the right tasks, especially the right task. And because of Jesus' saving work, our sins are forgiven and now we are God's beloved children too. We are tempted and we fail time after time, it's true. But God is never unfaithful to us as we often are to Him. We will never be cast away from His presence, nor will we have His blessed Holy Spirit taken from us. It's all about timing. And the time is now for us to hear this good news again. We do need to hear it regularly, as we heard in the Ash Wednesday epistle. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Every day is our day of salvation. A day when we repent and are restored. The only thing that can lead us away from the senseless temptation and turn us back toward God is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The wonderful news that He has come and He has done everything to cancel out our sins. Let us not forsake this word of truth then. Remember, every moment that God offers His Word of comfort to us, it's the right thing in the right place at the right time. In the holy name of Jesus, Amen.